0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. I go by Cash, a.k.a. Exec P. Y'all know what time it is, man. This, this episode, it's been a while since we've done a, a live podcast, since I brought back a live podcast with you guys and all. But hey, man, a brother had to take a break. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Y'all gotta blame me. Spring break and all that with the kids. But um, it's my time of the year. If any of you guys know me, you know me well, you know it's my time of the year. NBA playoffs is here. The play-in games are starting up today and man i can't wait to get into it man but i bought i bought an expert so to speak with me to talk hoops with me and nerd out man uh nick from nmc hoops panama city florida representative but uh bit of a golden state fan we're gonna find out how how we got there how we got there but nevertheless man he is here to kick it with me man and talk some hoops talk playing games talk the first round matchups that we do know about and much more so that's gonna be the episode for today. So, without further ado, let's welcome Nick to the podcast. What's yes, going on, yes, man? Appreciate you having me on. Oh man, man I this, appreciate you having me on, my brother, man. It's a it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure, man. Checked out a few of your your episodes, man, and I seen all your posts on Twitter, man. I'm like, man, I, it, it looks like you love hoops, man. So that, those are exactly the type of people I Definitely. want to talk about, uh, talk with when I'm talking about hoops and stuff like that, and kind of deviate a little bit from our our week to week interviews and what we do here. Uh, which is mostly interviews and music, uh, kind of speak. But we definitely keep it with the sports as well. Just depends on the guest, you know what I mean? But, man, I like to get right into these things, man, and and get right to it, man. So we got the seven versus eight matchups that are starting this thing off, man. Lakers, Timberwolves, we got that whole thing going on. Rudy Gobert, we just found out today, is suspended for that game. So, I mean... Do we even need to really talk about this one here? Who who do you have, nevertheless? Who do you have?
1: Easily the Los Angeles Lakers, man. I think I think that's kind of an easy answer. Um, the Lakers have been... The Lakers had a big turnaround in the second half of the season. I think they were one of the winners in the trade deadline acquiring some great shooters to, to surround their two, uh, the two stars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And you can honestly make an argument that if the Lakers had this team at the beginning of the year, they probably would have been like a top four or five. See, that's just my opinion. But in this matchup against Minnesota, it's really unfortunate that Rudy Gobert is going to be out. I just think it's kind of the wrong time, especially, you know, especially as they're trying to fight for a playoff spot. But, you know, I think I think this is going to belong in the hands of the Lakers. I think I think Anthony Davis is going to lead the way for them. And then, you know, and then we're going to see what the uh, supporting cast to do. So I think this is going to be easily in the hands of
0: the Lakers. Yeah. And you got to get this done in this first game. You can't play any games and, and just act like you. It's got kind of like how Golden State just went out and got fifty five. And just put that game away to secure their spot where they were going to be. I think the Lakers need to come out and do exactly that because you can't play around with this Timberwolves uh, team, man. Like they they got they got some guys, man, that could score that. That Rock Cat just came back, so that's added firepower. Uh, we know him and Rudy don't t- typically play that well, or they, they haven't established that rapport quite quite yet. So. This may be actually a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing for them. I know Cat's just now now getting back, but um, you know, what what do you think about that possibility of that freeing up some space for Cat to operate and kind of go toe to toe with Ad? I
1: think it will be a big opportunity, and I think I think that Cat should be able to thrive in that matchup or at least want that matchup. You know, I'm think you know he's been in that conversation as far as who is some of the best centers in the league and i think carlton town's name always comes up but you know especially in this matchup going up against anthony davis both of them you know you know came in came in at the same time you know 2015 you know still trying to still trying to like you know establish themselves um i definitely think that carlton town should look to possibly thrive in that matchup but then also like when i look at minnesota as a whole even though they are going to be without rudy gobert they are going to be without JD mcdaniels you know you still got to you still got to look out for a guy, like Anthony Edwards, who I believe is a dog who's going to, who is elevated both on both ends of the floor you know, especially defensively. So even though I do pick the Lakers to win this matchup, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to come easy.
0: Yeah. And no, I think the, uh the Edwards matchup right there is one of those matchups to where n- you don't have anybody to defend them. LeBron at his, his ripe old age right now, he's just not guarding the best player on that, the best wing at any time, maybe for small stretches, but you're, you're he's not. Locking him down. So and we saw wasn't like la- was it last year or the year before the Timberwolves made the playoffs and Anthony Edwards like kinda this last year, yeah. Yep. He he kinda staked this claim as he's gonna be somebody to be reckoned with if you put some people behind him, um, to be able to get him to where he's gonna go because he's a flat out scorer just all the way back to um in his Georgia days. So it's definitely one the Lakers earned with being at home. You know what I mean? With all the things that have happened in this season. You know what I mean? I think this is like one of those scenarios to where it's kind of a blessing for them, but you definitely can't take it for granted because these old guys, man, I mean, with the way their season has been, man, they, they can't, they can't do this, man. (laughs) They cannot lose this game man. it'd be panic in, in Laker town, man. Not easily. I, I think I think it's
1: essential for them to make the playoffs. I mean, they they've had this big turnaround. They've had the best record in the league since the uh, since the All Star break. So, might as well keep that momentum rolling, man. And, you know, and clinch that seven seed.
0: Yeah, and and I I also want to see AD kind of when they clinch. You know, kind of moving forward. You know, if if they clinch, rather, I gotta see AD do what AD's been doing this whole second half of the season. Um. Exactly. I agree. When- Honestly,
1: I think I think AD is the glue of this team. I think that he needs to be the leading player. I mean, we all know LeBron and his greatness, and we you know especially in year twenty, I think it's amazing what he's done. But I think if I think AD has to lead of the way if this team is planning at least go far in the playoffs. So yeah, if, when Anthony Davis is leading the way, the Lakers are a much
0: better team. Yeah. Exactly. And he just I, I wonder what's going on in that locker room. I wonder if those things are said or if those things are empowered in him to go do because it seems like. You know from game to game it's like man when, when LeBron gets back it kind of still seems like he defers to him as opposed to you set the tone and let LeBron cook in the third and fourth quarter where he's needed most you know what I mean to give you that bridge you know what I mean but uh but yeah so I, I think the Lakers win as well uh, but you know a lot a lot can't go wrong Ho- hopefully not uh the other seven eight matchup in the east the Hawks at the heat um are the other Heat as scary as they used to be. I, are they the boogeyman? Do we get playoff Jimmy? I mean, well, what do you think? I think the heat is still scary.
1: I think one of the things is is that I think they lack another legitimate offensive scorer alongside Jimmy Butler because, I mean, we see flashes of it with a guy like Tyler Hero, but I just don't think that Tyler Hero is really that elite scorer that many people may have projected him to be coming to the NBA. I mean, he's a great player by by any means, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he's that at least for that many people, pan them out to be. So I think that's one thing that they're lacking. But I think that I think the biggest thing for Miami is this matchup is going to be on the defensive end. If you watch last year in that first round, they did a really great job of prioritizing trapping Trey Young and forcing him out of his comfort zone, forcing him forcing him forcing him to be more of a passer. But also, you also got to give, give credit to Atlanta too because Atlanta now this year they got a guy Dejounte Murray. Right. And that's now so gonna exactly have a what fully I was going to exactly like i mean now now and now they're going to have a fully healthy john collins who missed like part like a partial of, of the series last year so you know I, I, I'll, I'll definitely still give the edge to miami in this matchup you know but i still i still think
0: that atlanta can at least make it a little bit competitive than what they did last year in the first round yeah same here and i'm um, you know but also the thing uh defensively that they did on trey last year i'm not so sure that they don't scheme against it this year you know in terms of uh they have, a, a to me, a better coach from X's and O's standpoint in Atlanta right now to where uh, we know Coach Spolstra can can kind of, he can coach his ass off. It's not kind of. He can't coach his ass off. And it's the reason why everybody is scared of Miami because of the adjustments he makes and the player he has, Jimmy Butler, to be able to go out there and execute said adjustment. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think Trey Young, the, the Murray piece that you brought up, The Murray piece is going to be the thing for me. Does he show up in the terms of scoring? You know what I mean? Because we know he's going to show up defensively, but he's been kind of, I I would kind of say, up and down all year as far as being a dependable scorer. And I know that probably sounds bad with him in the lower half of the 20s with scoring, but I thought he would have been so much more of like a a critical piece as far as this backcourt like I thought they were gonna be super scary, especially when my Knicks didn't pick them up. Definitely. You know what I mean? But it didn't turn out to be that way. So you know, it's been a lot of a lot of up and down. But when they are on together as a as a tandem, I'm not sure that Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero can really stop them. You know what I mean? If they get no, go, if they know. get going, and I don't know if you want to put for one game only. You know, I guess you may have to throw Jimmy out there, but. If, if both are cooking at the same time, this is also a game that can go terribly bad in Miami because they have they have not shown up a lot in big games this season um, when I've watched them. And I've watched quite a few Miami Heat games. So um, that's, that's the only thing I, I fear is the guard play. You know what I mean? Because the elite perimeter play in the playoffs always is king to me in terms of determining what what team is going to win. And I think they got the more elite wing players uh, on the Hawks,
1: right. And one thing I will say about Atlanta is that a way that they can definitely make this competitive, or at least try to try to win this game, is I think is I think it's essential to get the supporting cast going. You know, when the supporting cast is stepping in, you know, knocking out perimeter shots, I think that's what makes them scarier. Obviously, you have the great backcourt of Dejounte Murray and Trey Young, but when you get, when you get like three or four three pointers from a guy like DeAndre Hunter, when you have John Collins playing pick and roll and being, being able to space the floor where you have Clint Capella crashing the glass and being a great rim protector. I think that's what makes him a lot better. So it's going to be a team effort I Think for Atlanta for Atlanta is can you get the other can you get the rest of the guys involved within both ends of the floor and really make them effective. So if they if they can figure out how to do that, that's what's really going to make this game at
0: least a little bit more competitive and give them a higher chance of potentially winning the game. Yeah. You know, the other thing I, I wonder about it, and this is just like the heat, the heat in general, man. Like, I wonder why they don't take the regular season as serious as they, they no, should. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not, I won't say they're not a championship team because they've, they've been on very deep runs the last couple years, you know, into the playoffs, into the finals even. So they should feel like that, but they've they've been underdogs in those games, in those series, too. You know what I mean? And and to me, I feel like they've overachieved, even though they've accomplished a lot You know, post the LeBron era with Jimmy Butler. I just feel like, man, if those guys were to have home court advantage in a lot of these series where it's kind of close, they can probably continue to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and or the Finals if they took the season a little bit more seriously. I, I just don't understand for the life of me why Miami doesn't when they're when they need every bit of anything that can help them out in terms of uh home court advantage in the playoffs, I just don't get it.
1: Right. And another thing that I'll say about Miami, and this is something that I've noticed a lot recently is that I just don't think they really get better roster wise in the offseason. I mean, don't get me wrong. This team is really good, but when I look at the scope of the Eastern conference, like Milwaukee, they, they, they get other great role players, Philadelphia, the same way Boston, the same way. And it's like, you know, the way that I look at Miami, it seems like Miami just kind of stays stagnant to me. And don't get me wrong. I mean, they're definitely a great team. They're very well coached. But I think with the Eastern Conference getting a lot tougher than what it was three, four, five years prior, I think you definitely got to elevate the roster. So that, that's one thing. That's one That's one of my concerns when it's been with Miami over the past few years. That I just don't think that they've done enough
0: in the offseason to really elevate their championship chance to move forward. And, and for me, with them, it's like either go, it, for me, it's like they either go big game hunting for a, a name guy, or they'd rather mm-hmm. stick with exactly. their, homegrown, their homegrown talent. And their homegrown talent, While, albeit, like they have one of the, if, if you can compare it to baseball, one of the best farm systems in the league in terms of where they draft guys and where these guys kind of come out of nowhere where you're like, oh, this dude is kind of, this guy is solid, you know what I mean? Over the course of three years, uh, I'm thinking, what's the one dude on that team? I can't think of his name right now. He got like the little ponytail. Um I know you. I know you're talking about. Uh, Dang, is it Caleb Martin. I think you might Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin. That that's one one of those guys that drafted. He's been developed over the course of a few years, and now he's a solid role player. You know what I mean? So I don't think they put invest too much into role players that are available in the free agent market, and they kind of swing and miss at a lot of big name guys. No, I agree hundred percent. All right, so. Um, you know, we can kind of take a little bit of a peek into, to the, uh, the eighth spot, you know, with the, with these teams losing. Who do you think moves into that, that, that eighth uh, spot with the guys that we have losing? Cause it looks like we both picked the same teams to win, win out. So that would be the Hawks at the, uh, sorry, that would be the Bulls at the Hawks for the eighth seed and the Pelicans at the Timberwolves for the eighth seed.
1: Yeah, so as far as for that Toronto and uh, Chicago match and I'm definitely going with Chicago. Um, to me, I think it's gonna be,
0: it's gonna be a. Um, a I I skip right man. over, I skip right over the nine and ten. <laughs> <With> my... <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah,
1: it's all good, man. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, for for Toronto, I think it's gonna be a tale of two duos. You know, which duo can step up and really lead the way significantly? Obviously, in Chicago, you got Zach Levine and Demar Derozan two to elite scores when they're when everything's going well. And then on top of that, you have, uh, for Toronto, you have Fred VanVleet, you have Pascal Siakam. Fred VanVleet is probably a really interesting player just because he's able to affect the game from multiple perspectives, you know, both passing and scoring. So when he's able to be able to get his offensively, but then allow others, you um and, and allow others to be, you know, contributing to the offense, I think that's going I think, to, I think that's going to want to make um, Toronto pretty scary. But in this matchup, I'm going to go with Chicago. Um, I think that. I just, I just, I just, think that this is going to swing that way. You know, obviously Demar Derozan, who was a former Raptor, I think you know he's going to have that in the back of his head, so he's going to want to come out assertive, you know, to begin the game. And I think he's going to really lead the charge, and you know, and then the supporting cast as well. I would assume with Nikola Vucevic, I think that they're going to be able to step up significantly. Not going to be a really um, easy matchup, especially, especially if if, if Chicago going to look to dominate inside, just because Yaka Perdo is a really great rim protector for Toronto.
0: But I think in this matchup, I'm going to go with Chicago late, late, late in the stretch of the game. Okay, so you mentioned Frere Van Fleet. You also, uh, what, what about OG? What about I mean, Scotty Barnes? OG, like yes. you, you got a lot of wings that that just keep no, coming at you all game long. You know what I mean? And unless Zach, unless Zach and um, and Demar are going to be out there that entire game, which you got to believe they 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 are, you know, to to live to see another day. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I said, those, those those wings, man, on both teams are like really, really damn good when they got it cooking, when Not they got good. it going, when they got it going. But I, I don't know, man. That Toronto team, man, they're just so rangy, and they got six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys that that are out there almost at all times. You know what I mean? That's no, hard. To, mean. That's hard to defend. You know what I mean? And I think Chicago, uh, defensively, are a little. They're a little too slow, um, to me they, in they terms be, of yeah. when you got Vucevic out there. Uh, while he may dominate, does he dominate? I know he had a pretty damn good game last year in the playoffs, and uh, or the year before was it the year before? But I know he had like one one dominant game out there to where they were actually featuring him. If they feature him, he has a mat. He has a he has a uh, preferable matchup to me that he can win. But do they go to him? when they have Zach and they have, you know what I mean? I I just don't think that they, I think he becomes an afterthought in terms of he gets his, how he gets his, but I don't know if they, if they make him a focal point, but I I like his matchup. So I, I'm interested to see what Chicago does.
1: No, I mean, I I, I definitely see what you mean. Uh, I think probably one of the more interesting matchups is going to be OG defending DeMar DeRozan. I think that's going to be a really tough matchup. OG is an elite defender, you know, definitely gonna go at you. So I think I think that's gonna be probably the most interesting matchup to me, you know, in this contest. And then of course, I mean OG's not really known to be a scorer, but you know, if he can give you about like 12 to 15 points, I think I think that is a plus for uh for Toronto. So honestly, I mean this game could go either way, honestly. Let's see.
0: Yeah, I got uh yeah man, I got I got Toronto winning that at home, man. I, I just I just do I think that the uh demar is gonna I think DeMar goes for a smooth 30 uh 30 to 35 points in his return. Um but I I I, th- I just think that those those wings are going to be just too much at home um and and they'll put Chicago out of their their misery for this this terrible season um that they've had, you know, what I mean not living up to their expectations I could imagine. All right, so next up, next up we have What's the other nine ten Thunder at Pelicans. Thunder at Pelicans. Does the tank job come? Does, I mean, this team to me, the Thunder wanted the tank. They wanted the tank the entire year, and they just found their way into the play-in. Do do they finally just let it go in the, in this in this game, and or do they do they show up? Does SGA come out and really you know put on a show? You know, giddy. I mean, like leading rebounder for the team, which is crazy to me at, 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 the guard. But I mean, other than that, man, I just don't, I see this, uh, being the Pelicans all the way. I don't see this thing even being close.
1: I agree. I agree with that. Um, I think OKC would possibly try to put up a fight because I mean, I, I watched a lot of games of this year, you know, I mean, even though this was supposed to be a tanking year, it's kind of hard to tell because I mean, they really go out there and compete. So I definitely give them that credit, but you know, looking at the Pelicans, and, you know, it, it is unfortunate that Zion's not going to play, but this this team has already been battle tested. Last year, they took the Suns to six games without without Zion. So I think in this matchup here, I think I think it's a no brainer for me. Brandon Brandon Ingram has been on a tear, you know, over the last like probably month of the regular season, and then you got other contributing factors. Stephen McCollum being that being a veteran for the team, being the floor general, being a scorer, being everything that he can be. Uh, Trey Murphy has stepped up significantly. Guys like Herb Jones, who's who is, who is an elite two way, two way player. You know, he's definitely going to bring us. So I think, I think this is, I think this will be easily in the hands of the Pelicans in this matchup. I mean, they have the, they have the playoff experience, they're battle tested. And with them having this home matchup, I feel, I feel like it belongs in their hands.
0: Yeah. Murphy's been like one of the, the brightest spots for the Pelicans this year. Uh, one of the best three point shooters in the league, smoothest stroke, you know what I mean? And I think he's only going to continue to get better. So I'm definitely looking forward to those guys moving on. And, uh, um, Kind of seeing what they do against Minnesota, you know what I mean? Because I, I think that's the matchup I will I would love that's to gonna see. Good. That's going to be a matchup that I love to see in Minnesota. You know what I mean? So, um, th- that's another crowd that's underrated. I've never been to their 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 stadium to watch a game, but it always looks like right one of those stadiums where they're having a blast. Even at OKC, that's another. I don't know if you have ever been to OKC to watch a game, but like, just those are just great environments when those those teams are winning. I know a lot of people don't watch their games, but um right but i think the uh i think that'll be a good one man um so with the other uh afc game that that we kind of got here because it seems like we agree with a lot of a lot of these matchups um you know we have the bull you have the bulls at i i picked toronto but if Mm -hmm. it was a bulls and a hawks uh matchup who would you have in that one i'm gonna take atlanta i'm gonna take atlanta that
1: matchup um I think this would be a really good game for Trey Young. I mean, Trey Young, Trey Young has shown to me, you know, in in the past to rise to the occasion. I mean, I know I know that he struggles against Miami, which I do expect him to lose that game. But I think with any other team, like if you match him up against a team at Chicago, I don't think there's really anybody that could really defend him. I mean, Iodasumu I is a pretty good defender. You know, and he's long. You know, he's about six four, six five. But I don't I don't think he's gonna be able to tr- guard or really like sustain Trey Young for like for like a for like, like a good amount of time. So. I think Trey Young will rise to the occasion to lead the way and set the tone for the team. The Jontay Murray being right behind him.
0: And I think Atlanta, Atlanta clinches the eighth seed. Yeah, and I would I would love to see Atlanta um in in the uh the playoffs again. You know what I mean? Because I, I think Trey um I think if they don't make the playoffs, they don't make a I won't say they're gonna make a significant uh push in the playoffs, so to speak. Uh but I think that trends them back to where they need to be in the first year with John Murray. you know what I mean? To give them that experience, exactly. that playoff experience. Um, if they don't make the playoffs, then, you know, we'll see. They already changed the coach up. So I don't think anybody's going anywhere. or He's, you know, yeah, gonna try to get a call for a trade or anything like that because he got what he wanted essentially. Um, and his coach <laughs> being so damn mad that he wanted to quit in the middle of the season. So you off, you don't too often get that. But uh but I would love to see the Hawks, you know, play play uh, Boston and uh well not Boston, but uh you know, go to Milwaukee, Milwaukee and see what they can do um against Milwaukee because I think that would be another excellent matchup to be able to see you know, how Drew Holiday guards him, you know what I mean? Because he pretty much gives That's everybody true, yeah. a headache even though if they's scoring on him, you know what I mean? He still gives you he still comes at you all game long, regardless of how well you're scoring. Um so that that's another interesting matchup I would be love love to see, man. So um I would have the Hawks uh winning if they got there, but if Toronto got there, then I definitely, definitely would uh, you know, kinda have to say that would be a Bulls. Um yeah. So All right. So um, you picking Atlanta over Toronto if that happens? I would pick Atlanta over Toronto if that happens, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh let's move on. Let's move on to some of these matchups that we do know about. So we won't go over the one 8 or We won't kind of get too much into that because we'll let that develop. Um uh, exactly. but uh let's let's talk about the matches we do know about. Uh we'll start I I we start with the Cavs Knicks. Um cuz I'm interested. I'm a Knicks fan, so I I'll, I'll let that out there so that bias will will fly pretty high here. You know what I mean in terms of my my opinion. Um on that one. So what do you I'll let you kind of start there and see and let me know what you're thinking about this series and how this is gonna go. So all
1: season I've been saying that New York and Cleveland, they're just like kinda like right there neck and neck. I feel like they're kind of the same team that's really looking to establish themselves in the East. So this is gonna be a really fun matchup. I know I know there's some Knicks fans that got some a little bit of animosity towards Donovan Mitchell. Little, so that's the reason why, bit. you know, they they <laughs> that's the reason why, you know, they want them to win that matchup, but I think I think the series goes seven. I think it goes seven, and I will say I'll say New York wins a game seven on the road. I think that I think you know with them already having the playoff experience. I know I know two years ago, it wasn't the best experience going up against Atlanta. You know Julius Randle didn't really play significantly well, but now you have now you have Jalen Brunson on your team. Jalen Brunson, in my opinion, is their best player. He's their number one option. We saw what he did last year with Dallas as they got to the conference finals. So. Now he's bringing he's bringing that experience that deep playoff run experience to this team. Um, Tom Thibodeau, I have my ups and downs about him, but you know I do, yeah I, I definitely I definitely do feel I feel like I feel like he'll be able to coach one in this series. And I mean and look, give, I mean I, I definitely see Cleveland making this a dog fight. You know Donovan Mitchell has had many great playoff moments when he was at Utah, but I still feel like they kind of lack that that playoff experience like you know this will be Darius Garland's first playoff experience um Evan Mobley and the rest he's got Jared Allen's been to the playoffs a few times before but I feel like I feel like this is going to be in the hands of the Knicks in a in a tough seven game series
0: yeah and I think uh you know just that that factor Donovan Mitchell like he's he's one of those players to where like I mean I think he has one of the highest scoring averages in playoff history in terms of what he's done because he always like just plays crazy well but his teams don't always win you know what I mean? And I think that continues to happen in in and, and I do have this going six myself. I, I I feel like we have to wrap it up in New York. Um, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want to see a game seven on the road. Um, this this team I don't trust as well as you do necessarily. It's my team, but I just yeah, I you know I, I just wouldn't want a, a game seven on the road. Of course, I ride with them. Uh, you know regardless, but I just think that uh, Jalen Brunson has, um, and and being a Knicks fan, like, you don't ever get too comfortable with anything, because how can you? You, We haven't won in 25, 30 years, any, you know, uh, things significantly. You were 99 last time you've been to, uh, you know, the playoffs and made a a deep run into, you know, the NBA championship, into the finals. Other than that, uh, you know, a few cool little runs with Melo. We made the playoffs yay, but get bounced in the first round. So, Kind of with that said, Jalen Brunson is more of a calming force. You know what I mean? Like, I've almost always felt like if we were within single digits with maybe five minutes, that 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 crunch time number that everybody looks at, and we were in single digits, I always felt comfortable throughout the season that we'd be able to, to close it out. In the beginning of the season, we kind of weren't good at closing those games out. And as we got a little bit more rapport with each other, we started closing those games out. And it was all... You know, with Jalen, you know what I mean. Those are things that Julius struggles with: is closing out games, is you know just kind of allowing his teammates to develop their games. So I see, you know, you know the sixth man of the year, hopefully, um, you know, quickly, you know, being the the, I think he's gonna be the factor. The he's going to be a big factor, and also uh, with Julius being out of the game and these last couple of games, we've got to see Obi Top and flourish, albeit it's been against. Some scrubs on certain teams because, you know, people were sitting people down, um, not necessarily trying to, you know, win games for some of the teams we were playing. But I still think that's a good sign to see him 20, 25, 28 points and feeling good about himself as opposed to just running to the corner, being a spot up shooter like he had been all year long. And, um, yeah, man, and Hartenstein, another guy, you know what I mean, he is not going to show up as far as the points but he's going to do all of the dirty work. So you have all yeah, the quintessential pieces in place. Class, yeah. You got all those guys that play significant roles and know their role. That's that's what I like about our team now. Is everybody knows exactly what they need to do. Nobody does a little bit more or less. And, um, you know, quickly and Barrett are the X-Factors in this series. Can they be consistent? Can we get a consistent yeah, third I, or fourth I score?
1: I definitely agree with that. And I, I am very interested to see how RJ... He's able to come out of this series because you know I, I'll be real coming into this year. I thought I thought RJ was gonna be an all star. Like I was really high on him, and it seems like you know he's 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 definitely had his ups and downs throughout the course of the season, really trying to find himself. So I don't know if possibly Tom Thibodeau could look to possibly look to establish him in the offense early. But you know if you could get RJ to really be efficient on the offensive end, I think that'll be big for, uh, for for New York in, the, um, in
0: this series. All right, what about anybody else in Cleveland who who would be the X Factor. I gotta believe um, you know, it's Darius Garland to me. Darius um, Garland, definitely.
1: I think I think it's gonna be a fun matchup right there at the point guard position. Um Darius Garland is another guy who is very terrific, terrific all around scorer, all around playmakers. He's definitely gonna impact the game from multiple um multiple positions. Evan Mobley, the same way, a great two way player, you know, a really good rim protector. So I think I think honestly I will say though, I think the Twin Towers in Cleveland might give you you York, gonna a little bit of issues. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, both uh both yeah, both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Jared Allen is probably one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, so that's going to be something that I definitely want to see. You know how they can make their presence known on that end and really just establish themselves on the on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, they absolutely have us in in terms of the bigs, um, quality bigs, and, and guys that play significant minutes on their team. But you know, um, you know, one of the things that I, I do worry about with Cleveland is their ability to defend. You know what I mean? They, yeah. We forget, we didn't even include that they are one of the best defensive teams in the league for a reason. So it's, it's going to be a lot of the, these games aren't going to be high scoring, in my opinion. Um, they will be 110 at the most, and that's not high scoring in today's game. You know what I mean? But I think, can, right. can you weather the storm? You know what I mean? Um, Julius would just be back. I don't know if he'll have the rust knocked off. You know what I mean? With his injury, how does he hold up uh, with his injury? You know what I mean? So those that, that exactly. are some things that that worry me. Uh it seems to be that Cleveland's coming in, kind of clicking on all cylinders. Uh, they don't have any significant injuries or anybody gone for an extensive amount of time. So they're coming in on a good rhythm. Um, you know, so Donovan's had a lot, his last couple games that were actually, you know, games that mattered, were really well uh, played in terms of from a scoring efficiency standpoint. So, um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm worried. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I, I'll admit that, but I think that a, this will be one of the the most evenly played uh, matchups in the first round. Easily,
1: I think. I think y'all got it. I definitely think that y'all got it. I think you know, to me, I feel like with New York already having that experience and already understands, you know, what it takes to win. I think that's what's really going to give them that edge against, you know, against a younger Cavs team who. You know, still, I mean, I mean, the majority of the guys are like probably like under like twenty three years old, so a lot of them are still like two, three, four years in. You know, with little playoff experience. So I think when New York are already having most of that over the past few years, I think I think that'll give them that that advantage in this series.
0: Yeah, and and so much is riding on on this uh, the Knicks actually being good in this series. You know what I mean? Because you can get a big name free agent if you make a significant run in the playoffs. You get to the second round whoever you see in the second round is going to be Milwaukee by by all costs. I don't care who comes out as that eighth uh, seed with that game in the East is going to be Milwaukee. Can you give Milwaukee a run for their money? You know what I mean? Can you stop Giannis? What can you do? Um, an elite guy may want to come. There's a lot of disgruntled elite guys um, that have been tied to the Knicks all season long. You know what I mean? To wanting to come there, wanting to come back, uh, you know, so I think this goes if they do get past Cleveland, there's a lot at stake, you know, for the next moving forward and in the next couple coming years and stuff like that. And, you know, again, we beat them three times this year. Um, you know, I didn't look at who was playing and who wasn't um, to kind of right. give that a real, real deep dive. But I mean, I like the way we look against them every single time that we play them. I've, I've watched probably three of those games. I, I know for certain. Um, and a lot of them were close, you know what I mean. It went back and forth, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. So, but enough about those guys, man. Um, let's go out west. One of the marquee matchups to me, um, and probably going to be one of the most fun matchups: um, Clippers Suns. That four or five matchup, man. Like a lot of people, a lot of people are not picking the Clippers. Um, that I've, I've been watching all day long, and I'm I'm trying to wonder why. Like they played together a lot more than the Suns have. You know what I mean? And I get it. You know, KD Katie, Katie is a dog. Every time KD comes off injury, it looks like he's never missed a step. You know, Devin Booker. You have nobody. You have the only person. I mean, if, if this doesn't happen for Chris Paul this year. When will it? Like, when will it? You know what I mean? So, this, so, uh, they got a lot to lose, man. They have a lot to lose to me. The Suns in, in this, man. Like, I, I have them coming out of this series, but there's so many reasons why I I have to not doubt Kawhi, playoff Kawhi. No, I get that.
1: I I, I definitely get that. To me, I don't know. I feel like the Paul George injury is going to be a big one. I mean, look, I mean, Kawhi has been great. We, we've seen Kawhi, like, you know, elevate at an elite level in the playoffs. You know, he's got two championships. So, I mean, he's, he's rose to the occasion on several occasions. And people can make an argument back a few years ago when he ended up going out with the ACL injury. The Clippers probably would have been in the finals that you'd have faced Milwaukee instead of Phoenix. So, you know, I mean, that's that. so I mean that's definitely still up in the air. But unfortunately, I got I got the Suns in this matchup. I think, I think, in my opinion, I think you've got to go with the Suns. And look, the Clippers, in my opinion, they got the most depth to me. Uh, they have a really they have a really great supporting cast surrounding them. And, you know, I definitely feel I feel like they're definitely gonna make it a dogfight. But I feel like when you have a guy like Kevin Durant on your team, and I mean, you know, it's almost like I'm not gonna say it's almost impossible to lose, but you know, having him the type of player that he is, I mean, and you mentioned, you know, whenever he comes back from injury, you know, he looks like he hasn't lost a step. You know, he just uh, he just automatically flourishes within that offense, and I think that's why he works so well within that team. You know, being able to just move without the ball, catch and shoot off the dribble, whatever. You don't it don't require and, him
0: to be super athletic, and you know, kind exactly. of tweet too much. If he gets injured, it's just because it, ha- it it's meant to be. You know what I mean? But he he just has one of those games where he gets to his spot, he rises up give you an efficient 30 and keep it pushing. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't see how he does it all the time, but I don't I know. know I don't see how CP three doesn't set the table for these guys. And just, you know, it's going to be hard to And, stop and it 60. should be easy. Yeah.
1: And it should be easy. I mean, that, that should be his main job right there. He doesn't even have to focus on scoring. Just,
0: just certain, just like just certain stints where he does that, that, that pick and roll where he gets to the middle of the floor and he hits that, that <laughs> little uh, mid midi. Like he just needs <laughs> to do that for, Whatever extended amount of time it's going to be a critical point in the game, to where he has to hit about three, four of those things, and to just to weather the storm and keep the Clippers at bay. And I people exactly. people say in six games, I don't, you know I ain't trying to disrespect Kawhi and that like that, but I don't see this thing getting past five. To be honest with you, I really? just I I don't the Clippers. Yeah, I just don't see it. Um, you know, again, Russ been playing really well. We didn't even bring up Rush yet. He's been playing really right, well, and I and I get it, I get it. But I've seen Russ in the playoffs do some pretty boneheaded things in recent memory, in terms of just clock management, uh, not not letting the game kind of come to him, uh, so to speak, um, shooting his team out of games in the playoffs. These are all things Russ has done in recent years, um, in the playoffs, and I just I just got to say I don't I don't trust him to continue to be the Russ he's been. These last couple games with the Clippers, albeit he's played terrific, he needed to leave the Lakers. wasn't a good good fit, but I just I just I don't I can't I don't know if you can count on him, inefficient Russ, for an entire series. No, I get that to be a, a to one me, two punch.
1: Yeah, to me to me his his decision making has to be the most crucial thing in this series because with his inability to really be efficient from the perimeter, you already know that the Suns are going to be are going to be sagging off of him. On, at the three point line, so you know if he's confident to take the shot, but it's like if you're not too confident, look to make a play. You know Russ is Russ is absolutely elite on the attack. You know he can definitely get to the rim at will. He can kick it out to a shooter. So you know do what you got to do as far as you know as far as being a great decision maker. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing though. And like I mean Russ is, Russ has faced a lot of scrutiny over the last few years, but the one thing that you can always expect is you know it's him coming in and playing hard. You know whether it's you know scoring. Rebounding, passing—you know, diving for those balls, whatever it is—expect him to be a, re- a great energizing player and being able to set the tone for the rest of the team.
0: Now, if now, like I said, if somehow if Paul George makes it back in the middle of the series, I I, I, I reserve the right to possibly change my mind. And I know I know this sounds crazy, man. Like you know, they were just doing the playoff P thing a couple years ago. With you know, with joking with him, uh, kind of not showing up, and you know, we we remember the Dame shot over him in the bye bye and all and all these things. But Paul George, throughout the, his career, has played pretty damn well in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I, like I, don't, I don't, I don't get the slander that though. Like, I don't, I don't get the slander exactly. I don't, I don't
1: feed into it. All I mean, I mean, look, Paul George, Paul George does not have the best playoff resume, but a lot of guys don't. If we're gonna be real, like, I mean, right. for example, like Nikola Jokic is in many people's eyes, going to win his third MVP award. And he hasn't really had the greatest playoff experience either. So it's like one deep run. You no, know, I get it. Exactly. So it's like, you know, Paul George, I mean, I've seen Paul George step up on many occasions, even a few years ago when Kawhi went down, he stepped up in that Utah series in the second round and ended up closing out that series. And then he even played well in the conference finals against Phoenix a few years ago as well. So Paul George has definitely come, uh, shown up on many occasions, you know, has it always resulted in, in a deep playoff run. Not necessarily, but, you know, I, I've always seen Paul George
0: come in, you know, and step up when it mattered most in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, I haven't seen anything on him coming back or no time, like, they've given the timeline out there, but they haven't really said anything in terms of games when he could possibly return, Facts. if that's the first round, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it's just, man, these these guys have terrible luck, the Kawhis and the Paul Georges of the world, like, can can we yes. get them in the playoffs at the same time? Like, it, it, it's just you know, so but I don't know, man. Um, like I said, five. If Paul George doesn't come back, this this one is done in five. Um, I, I don't see it going past that, to be honest with you. They're going to be too tough to stop. Uh, like you said, uh, Clippers are are a deeper team, but I I just don't see that mattering when you're going to get probably sixty five points off top. Me talking about Booker and KD. And who knows how many rim runs Ayton gets that unabated unabated, you know what I mean, to the rim and sure, um, yeah. setting the table because he's gonna be wide open. Um, but you know, you, you just never know, man. And uh, you know, that that's really the game for me, man. And what CP3 does. Can he be a little bit more assertive on the offensive end? Because they're gonna need they're gonna need him to, to really close this Definitely. thing out because they don't their their depth to me is lacking um in terms of uh bench play phoenix but i just think up front there that that four should be more than enough to get it done
1: no i get the end look i mean don't don't sleep on the Clippers either i mean i know that i know that they may not have paul george in this series but you know people have to remember man ty tyron lou is a really elite coach in my eyes you know he's a championship head coach you know so you never you never know what he's gonna have under his belt as far as you know slowing down the other guys like possibly kevin Durant or Devin booker so you know, with, with with him with him being on the other side of the um on, on the other side of the floor, you know, you, I mean, you just never know. So I mean, you know, even without Paul George, I can still see the Clippers making this a tough series.
0: Yeah, yeah, I liking him to to Eric Spoelstra. Same, you know, same thing. Like those guys have, you know, great basketball minds, and he will aim to take one of those two scores out. You know what I mean? Uh, and we've seen Booker become frustrated, and we've seen Booker not. I won't say not show up, but he I don't know if you could say it, have an inefficient 30 if that makes sense you know 10 for, 10 for 32 or t- or 10 for you know like he's had those games in the playoffs to where he's scored a lot of points but it wasn't efficient you know what i mean most of his buckets were made at the free throw line you know what i mean uh so so we'll we'll see about that man um the 3-6 matchup uh another fun matchup the stay out west kings uh you know versus the warriors like does youth went out uh you know do we get the, do the people get to enjoy seeing fox sabonis monk like on prime time and see how good these guys really are like do they do they beat the defending champions like you know what i mean i i, I think this one goes the distance man i just i love that youth and i love how they've been playing um i don't
1: see sacramento winning this series but they're definitely going to make it a dogfight. You know, what's, what's been going on in Sacramento this year is not a fluke. You know, this team plays exceptionally hard. They have a great supporting cast. In many people's eyes, De'Aaron Fox should have been an MVP candidate. And honestly, I mean, I can't really make an argument because, I mean, he's he's been phenomenal this year leading the way. Crunch Sabonis, you know, points. showing his versatility easily. like Sabonis showing his versatility with scoring and the playmaking. His defense can be a little iffy to me, but, you know, besides that, you know, he plays exceptional basketball. But then they got uh, terrific shooters, you know, Kevin Hurt or Malik Monk. Keegan Murray, a rookie who had the most three-pointers as a rookie this year. So, I mean, they have a really great supporting cast, but I'm going to give the edge to Golden State. And I know that Sacramento has the home court advantage in this in this match, in this series, and the Warriors have been just absolutely terrible on the road. But, you know, I think with the experience, you know, obviously with them being, uh, being the defending champs and winning four championships as far as, you know, the combination of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, I feel like with that experience, that's definitely going to – um give them the edge of this matchup. My thing is, if the, if the Warriors win at least one road game, they just got to get one road game. Just if they one. can get one of them, yeah, just one. If they can get one of those and then just take care of business at home, I think the series will be, will be theirs in six.
0: And we've seen it uh, over the course of many years where teams like this, where this matchup happens, and then the young team goes out in the first game, smokes the established, experienced team, then they come back, lose a nail-biter in game two. Now you're going... To the experienced team's gym. Mm-hmm. Then you Hopefully, lose the next yeah. game. Then you lose the next game. How do you handle that? Because that it's that's scenario. the scenario that I see playing out here. You know what I mean? I, I see that playing out. And um, you know, how do they handle it? So uh if if it does go that route, which which I think it will happen, because I think that they're gonna just be a ball of energy and it is gonna be an onslaught, unless Clay and Steph are like Clay, the the clay and stuff that we know them to be, and they they really go out there and um and ball, you know what I mean by scoring. Uh, that is, you know, I, I think that uh, Sacramento wins game one, um, going away. You know what I mean because, again, who do you put? We do you put to stop Fox. We know Steph doesn't guard the best point guard on the, the opposing team ever because you need him to run the numbers up, scoring wise, and everything that he brings to the table on the offensive end. So. But Fox is going to do the same thing to you. You know what I mean. I don't think Golden State has a defender. You know, I know uh, Gary Payton is back, but I don't think he's quite a hundred percent back. You know what I Not mean, as far you know. as a, a defender. So, um, and then also you have Sabonis. What? What do you like? They have their two best players. You don't have an answer for. Defensively, uh, he has yeah, that, to. That, that, Draymond uh, cannot. Draymond, yeah. that cannot. Sabonis cannot allow Draymond to 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 d him up. I, it just it we I know he's an excellent defender, but come on, 6'11", six seven, and he knows what to do in the post. Like they have to feature him. They have to. So that that I, I want to see what happens in those two matchups. I think if those guys show up, those their top two guys and their shooters, they extend the series out a lot longer than uh, Golden State wants to play it. And I think this goes seven. Like I just think the youth Seven. finds a way to to show up, um, but I think Golden State ultimately wins the series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I I can definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, and look, I mean, I've, I already said it. You know, Sacramento's going to make this a tough series. You know, this isn't going to be a cakewalk for Golden State, and I think honestly, what's going to help them get over the edge is now you got Angel Wiggins back, and I don't I don't know, you know, I don't know like where he is right now as far as conditioning, you know, and or mentally. There, you but know. if he's exactly yeah definitely definitely mentally but if you can get the same production from Andrew Wiggins as you got last year it's like possibly you know in the finals last year I think that's gonna be a really big um a really big advantage for uh for Golden State in the series
0: yeah yeah and I didn't even bring Wiggins up because I just again not seeing him all season uh it's not due to injury you know what I mean exactly. so it's the two things that we brought up conditioning and just mentally where is he is he is he ready to play basketball you know what I mean um with what, regardless of what was put out there and stuff like that like it's just it, it has to be something important for him to not come back. Uh so we'll, we'll see about that man but like that's that's going to be a fun series and I can't wait for that one to kick off. I left this one for last because I I don't you know I don't really see this one lasting more than uh four games 76ers uh, and the Nets um you know I I I, I love with uh Love what the Nets are doing, what they're building there, or what they got as far as assets. But I think that's where this 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 stops here. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. But what what do you think? I think it'll
1: go five. I think Brooklyn will probably get one of the games at home, Poss- possibly game three. But I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like this is going to be. I mean, this is going to be a one sided series in my opinion. Philly's going to have full control of the series. I expect Joel and B to be just as dominant in the playoffs, just as he was during the regular season and. This this is an important postseason for Philly because you know they've been so many years in this Joel and B era, not one conference finals appearance. So they need to be locked in and focused. And you know, with Joel and B potentially winning the MVP this year, I expect him to lead the way. James Harden is fully healthy. Tyrese Maxey's around. Um, Tobias Harris and the rest of the team, so forth. So this is definitely gonna be a one-sided series. I mean, and look, give credit to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still has still you know. Sustain their success, you know, with uh with Mikael Bridges leading the way, but this is definitely going to go in the hands of Philly in this series.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I unless I was missing something, man, I did not see this type of Mikael Bridges. So that one game, albeit you know, would be generous, but it might be off the the back of Mikael Bridges going for thirty five to forty because he's Possibly, he's yeah. done that. This and you know since he went over to Brooklyn and they had a damn good record since he's gotten there. I thought they would have, you know, gone way in the tank. Um, but those guys, you know, managed to play well. Um, Cam, I, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't know why Cam Thomas doesn't play more. Like every time he, every time he's on the floor, every time he's on the floor, he's a walking bucket. But it just seems like when he's with other guys that are of equal talent, it doesn't always blend well, you know what I mean? Uh, at least at the very least be, you know, in that, that eight-man, eight-nine-man rotation uh, come playoffs, you know what I mean? Because, you know, he's a guy that can get hot. But again, I think Philly walks walks away with this. Um, great for Brooklyn to, to just still, you know, kind of make it to the playoffs with all that's happened in their, in their gym <laughs> this year, um, all the craziness. And, uh, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, so I, I laugh at some of the Nets fans. Uh, there with with all the stuff that they had, all the embarrassment and riches, and and, and look, look, look what happened at the end of the day. The Knicks are still exactly the better team in the city, and it took us a little bit longer, but you know I may have to eat my words, so we had to win that first round. But but uh, but yeah, man. So that that wraps up anything, man. So who do you have as the MVP? I know you mentioned it a few times. Um, six man of the year. Who do you have like so for some of these awards? Coach of the year. Who, who are you thinking?
1: Man, it's it's tough for the MVP because I mean, to me, I just feel like for the next few years, it's going to be the same three guys, you know, all three of these guys, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokers. They're still going, to, they're always going to be in that hunt. But I think this year, I think it's, I think it's got to go to Joel Embiid. You know, he's been super dominant on the offensive end this year, but not even just on offense. I don't think people have, played, have paid attention, but he's really elevated his defense too. You know, you know, being a great rim protector, you know, really, really, really making an effort, to, you know, to really defend on the end of the floor, you know. Um, and look, I mean, give credit. Giannis has had a really great season. Jokic, who's averaging nearly a triple double for the course of this year, but I think with the elevation of Joel Embiid and his improvements over the past few years, and especially this season, I think I think he should win the MVP.
0: Yeah, I get it. But what happened to the best player on the best team? Do you, what do you, what do you feel about that? Or do you, that. or do you feel like that. we just giving it to Joel because he's been campaigning for it? I mean, he's earned. He's the numbers. Are right there with anybody else's numbers when you're talking about Joker or Giannis or you know they're right on par, but he doesn't have the best team in his conference. No, I, you know, I what get I mean? you on that,
1: and like, and for for me, it's like you know that's that's what I've always thought the criteria was was that you know you have to be obviously have a standout season, but it has to come off his team success as well, and that's why for me even last year, like a lot of people picked Joker to win it last year, which I mean he did win, but I didn't pick him because. The nuggets were the sixth seed, I believe. So it's like it was kind of hard for me to really pick him as MVP. And yeah, he's putting up phenomenal numbers, but has it hasn't really resonated with winning? So I definitely see where you're coming from. And I mean, you could definitely always give it to Giannis every year, but I think you know, even though even though even though they're not one of the top two seeds in the Eastern Conference, I just feel like
0: three seed is what is Joel Embiid. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely three seed is good, but I think with the elevation of um, Joel Embiid, and you know, not even just for his game, but I think the whole team is really. Being able to feed off of that success as well, I feel like that should be the reason why he gets it. He gets it this year, but it's always a a tough race, man. Like I mean, you can't you can't knock knock, you can't you can't knock Giannis. I mean, he's he's in my opinion, he's he's the best player in the NBA at this at this particular time right now. Like over the last like maybe three to four years, he's been the best player. But I think in this year particular, I'll probably give it to Embiid just for one time.
0: Yeah, and I haven't, you know, and just even with, you know, Middleton and and stuff like that and his injury last year, I have no doubt that they go back to the finals and they defend their championship last year, if he has Middleton, um, you know, as as that anchor because he's he's essential. He's essential to being the closer, you know what I mean? Like 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 we were talking about That's the true. Lakers earlier. They need A D to get them through those those three, three and a half quarters. And then LeBron bring it home as the closer. It's the same thing, you know, on Milwaukee. You just need, you know, Giannis to be Giannis for the entire game and do what Giannis does. And then you need Middleton to make those big shots and be able to get to his spots and shoot it confidently and they'll, they'll win out. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I just think that uh, the campaign for MB and him having the numbers now to to match it. You know what I mean? I think... It can go. It can go either way. Uh, the Joker, the Joker MVP last year for me was really just more so about yeah. being decimated with injuries. Like it. it was decimated. It was they were decimated with injuries, and they were just coming off of uh, uh, the prior year a um, what was it? The Western Conference Finals appearance with at full so, strength, yeah. at full strength with their team. So I think a lot of people like if he didn't have that year, there's no way to even make the playoffs. To be uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it, you know, who know? Who knows, man? I, I, I'm rooting for M B because, boy, he don't win it this year. I don't know how, how if he comes back motivated at all to even attempt to do it again. Because exactly, yeah, you, you know, it'll it, be mentally taxing to him, man. And if they they lose in the uh, they get less than the uh, the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean, like. I, I don't know, man. So this 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 is gonna be an interesting playoffs uh, for me. This is one of the most wide open. Um, play, like, there's no clear cut dominant team to me. Like, everybody has their ups and downs. Even the defending champions are at six. Like, how many years does that happen? Yeah, you know, I, 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 in recent memory, I have yeah, not it's, seen it's, that. It's a crazy year. It's a very crazy year. Yeah, man. So. All right, man. So that's the first round. Matchups, uh, our thoughts, man. Y'all let us know in the comments. Y'all make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and all that stuff, that that cool stuff that people typically say uh for their podcasts. You know what I mean? Uh and we'll be back for more throughout the uh the playoffs just to give you like little quick, quicker breakdowns and stuff like that as as these uh these games materialize game by game. I definitely are I'm looking forward to just pulling up the mic saying what I got to say, Nick, if you want to come back and and talk about games as they happen, you are more than welcome. I'm definitely looking to cover the playoffs a lot more uh, this year no, on, definitely. on this podcast and kind of get back to the, the sports roots of what this podcast initially started as sports music and entertainment, man. So um, definitely want you to shout out your, uh your hoops podcast, man, and, and let people know where they could find you.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, first and foremost, bro, appreciate you for bringing me on, man. Definitely honored to be on talking hoops with you, bro. And we definitely got to do it again. As for me, follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram at Nick ATR. For those who may not be familiar with me, I'm a basketball writer and us covering everything basketball from high school to the pros. Um, I do have a podcast titled MNC Hoops. Shout out to my other co-host Michael CJ. Follow us there at MNC Hoops on Twitter and Instagram, and also subscribe to our YouTube as well.
0: Oh, so. And just like that, that's another episode. It's a wrap, man. Hope y'all enjoyed it. And like I said, we'll be back for more throughout these this playoffs and breaking down game by game and as things develop. We out.